Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another rousing rendition of the Brethren Podcast. That's B-R-E-A-D-R-E-N, like bread, because we always about our bread, and we always getting bread. As always, shout out to my illustrious co-hosts and brethren, uh, Mr. Destrian Wells of D. Wells Consultant, LLC, and Dr. Jamu Loving, CFP, uh, uh, PhD, uh, and all of the other acronyms. And I want to preface, not preface, I want to profess, because I guess that's what comes after, um, I always joke with, I always joke with Doc by adding all the extra, uh, acronyms onto his name, but let's be very clear. This man is an actual financial doctor because he has a PhD in financial planning and he is also a certified financial planner. So when you hear me say the first two, which is PhD and CFP, those are very important because those are actual things. Now the TLC and the KFC is all jokes, but the man has actual credentials. So don't y'all ever forget that. Well, welcome back to the Brethren Podcast. How y'all lovely brothers doing today? Man, doing great. Always good to hear y'all voices and see see your faces. And man, it's just good to interact, man. This is this is always a blessing, man. More and more, I appreciate it too, man. Especially since we've had gaps in the past. But look at us now, man. I'm enjoying this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. This is good. This is real good. Brother Wells, how you living? You already know, man. It's a pleasure to be here with you. I look forward to this. Hopefully, uh, this uh this this new workout routine that we own as a uh, collective yes. will allow us to be here on a more regular basis. So it's all love, man. Yeah. What you got for us tonight? Because uh, I'm trying to hold up. Wait, you said you said the workout routine. Y'all y'all boys going to the gym or something? No, oh, bro. This brethren workout. Oh, 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 oh man, okay, man. okay, okay. Because I was like, look, I was like, hey, I was like, look, y'all look, y'all can have the y'all can have the gym. <laughs> hey, now, I, I, I am getting these miles in though, bro. Hey, I do too. My car got about eighty six thousand on it right now. Let's go. Let's keep driving. Oh, oh my god, <laughs> bro! You better get your behind out there. High cholesterol, and blood pressure waiting on your ass. Hey, it's a couple of steps in the house. I go up and down them occasionally, but uh, <laughs> I get these reps in raising these glasses and these cans and bottles. Yes, sir. Oh, Left arm doing strong over here, but. Hey, we were having a we we had started a conversation uh, previously to record offline, and it, it's going to kind of carry over into it. And I asked y'all, did y'all trust me? Because I haven't told y'all the topic. DJ actually didn't even remember I mentioned the topic from last week. Doc, I don't know if you uh, remember that I kind of mentioned it at the mm-hmm. end of after we recorded last week, and I was like, you know, let's 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 record again next week. But we're going to talk about you so good, you grow good, and and I'm gonna hold in a little bit because I want to talk about. Professional courtesy and professional karma. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Okay. Professional courtesy and professional karma. Now, we all, you know, we all, we often talk about karma and, you know, it's a spiritual realmy thing. It's, you know, it's intangible. You don't see it, but you see it when it happens, but you don't see it, but you see it when it happens. Um, so we're going to kind of talk about that. But before we do that, as we always do in true brethren fashion, here's a uh, toast to you gentlemen. Here's to knowledge being dropped and crumbs being picked up. Cheers, brethren. But yeah, so good, grow good, mm. professional courtesy mm-hmm. and professional karma. Now, uh, we all, you know, we all, we often talk about the corporate, uh, corporate side of things and, uh, you know, our, our time and, uh, experience within the corporate realm. And as black men, as professional black men in a, in a, in a, in a, in a in a crazy mixed up world, we shall call it. Uh-huh. Um, sowing good 
doesn't often mean that you grow good. But we are often forced, for lack of a better phrase or term, to still so good. And I'm saying so good, S-O-W, for those who don't know, you sow seeds. You sow seeds in the ground, you grow, you grow, you grow plants. Um, so I want to take it there first of, you know, it's a it's a wonderful model. I like it because it rhymes. Y'all know I like things that rhyme. You're so good, you grow good. Sounds good. It's like, oh yeah, you put you put you hey, you take care of it, it's gonna automatically pay off. Yeah? No. Cause that's not often the case for us, correct? You know right. what? Yeah. I, I think you're right. I, I mean, it's not the the soil conditions are not the same, mm. and the environment for us is not the same as it is for people who have uh, traditionally been working in these corporate environments. Sometimes, so it, I love the I love the term "so good, grow good" because it's like okay, good can be relative in its own way, right? We don't necessarily do things the same way. There are uh, there are a lot of things that we have to keep track of that other people don't have to worry about. Uh, Destrian and I talk about this all the time in terms of managing your image, right? Yeah. And so you have to, you know, you have to be mindful of how whatever it is that you're putting out there, what you're sowing, how it's being received. Because there's always that added layer of differing perception that can go on. You can say the exact same thing as, you know, a young white professional and it can be taken in a completely different way. And you just have to be ready to react to some of the differences that exist out there. Does that make sense? I mean, no, it makes perfect sense. So I'll, I'll pick up what you left off and I kind of take this, I take this approach to, uh, to my investing philosophy as well. So what you just said that that reactionary uh, standpoint, you know, in investing, I, we, we we talk about this all the time that um, we don't try to predict the market. We're just prepared to respond to it. Yeah. So we're prepared to take a buy or a sell regardless of what happens in the market. But my constituents typically don't have to do that. You know, whereas I'm measuring twice and cutting once mm -hmm. that's not happening on a more frequent basis for my counterparts and from an image standpoint, um, you have to build years of equity before you can even start peeling back the layers of the onion. It, at least this is the way that corporate was when I came in, when you came in. I think what we're starting to see now is a generation of more apologetic, pe unapologetic people. Yeah. I apologize. So more unapologetic people. And I think that's that's a good thing. And I also think that comes with some extreme responsibilities. You have to be as good as you say you are. And even more so when you're going to show up and unapologetically be yourself and you look like us, unfortunately, you're going to have to knock it out of the park every time. And because everyone is waiting for the opportunity to give you what, what we would consider constructive criticism Mm -hmm. But it's really the, the beginning of building a case to uh, attack who it is you are because you don't fit the status quo or the norm. Or the norm. So um, to your point, Dr. Loving, I think that um, it's a it's a delicate balance always. You know, I, I want to bring my full self to work, but I also know that I'm at work and these are strategic alignments and not friendships. And so 
in, in, in keeping that in the back of my mind, I know that I can be myself and I don't have to alter who I am to be successful on the work front. But I also know that I want to give my whole self to the people that I value, trust and care about the most. And so I was able to come to a point where I was able to delineate some of those things as I grew in my career, because I think earlier on, you just feel like you just want acceptance. And I think as opposed to asking for acceptance, you need to demand the space that you need to be who you are. And I think that's the big difference. If I don't know if you would agree with that or no, not. No, I agree with that completely. I'm, I'm looking at your face and mine get, because we can see each other. And we both are bearded gentlemen. And oh, Destrian man. has a tremendous beard. <laughs> and what I remember, but when, when we had uh, dinner with my dad, he was like, wow, I've never, you don't see uh, brothers working in wholesaling, which is the the um, the the arena, so to speak. I, I hate to just say that because you do so much more than that too. But you, you know, yeah, that, uh, that, that face-to-face sales aspect. Yeah. yeah, and so he's like, huh? You don't you don't see that. But the other thing that people don't understand is, and you learn it very quickly when you start to work with Destrian, is that he dots literally every I and crosses every T. And so whereas you might get one piece of communication confirming certain things from other professionals who do what he does, you'll get like three from Destrian and you'll get, you know, real time updates about what it is that you need to do precisely uh, up until the time that you get ready to actually, whether it's coming on stage or going to a dinner, you get recon basically on all of the people and all of the things that we need to do. So you can walk in with a real plan and be very, very prepared for what's going on. Now, the interesting thing about what people would think about a beard is like, oh, well, he just does not. He, it's the laziness that he does not want to shave every day is what a beard used to say. Right. And so people who have been in the corporate world for a long time look at something like that as a negative signal of your ability to be disciplined. And so what Destrian is saying about, hey, you need to make sure you do all the things you're supposed to do just off even something like facial hair is yeah. like, all right. If they look at you and think because you're black or because you have a beard or because you're a woman or because whatever things are likely to be less held together, you got to do your part and hold things together. Now, it's everybody's job to do that on a certain level, but I'm not going to pretend that if one person fails to do it, they're going to be treated the same way as another person. Absolutely. And, and here's the here's the here's the piece on that. On yesterday, if I might, um, I had a I had a call with uh, with one of one of a, a very important client. Let's just say that, and I've um, I've done some some extracurricular activities for them in terms of mentorship and things of that nature. And so his ask of me was, "Hey, can we bring on a mentee of mine to our conversation? I want him to be able to see." how a business conversation flows from a, a partner of mine. And I consider you to be a great partner. So I thought it'd be a privilege. Now I've previously spoken to this gentleman in a uh, large group, um, but he, he's a college, he's going to college. Mm-hmm. And the gentleman that I was talking to was calling me about a, a really big deal that we're working on. And I think he just wanted to expose him to this. So I'm all about exposure. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things he said when he got on the call, he said, you know, he addressed the young man. The young man addressed me. 
And he said, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm like two minutes late getting on. I went to the barbershop. I had to get a haircut today because I didn't know I was going to have this meeting. I wanted to make sure I was presenting myself in, in the most appropriate way. And I laughed and I told him, I said, you know, I think that if you can keep that mentality, that is that is the beginning of success because he's thinking about his brand and his image right now. Before he said anything out of his mouth, the judgment is how do you look now? Yes, I have significant facial hair, but at 10 o'clock Saturday morning, I'm in the barber's chair every single Saturday. I will not be unkept and I will not show up looking uncool. None of that is going to happen. And so I don't give you the opportunity to make this an issue, nor will I let my performance make this an issue. And I think that's the piece that we have to understand It's to whom much is given. And it's not even a lot (laughs) that you're asking to be given to you, except equal treatment. But you have to remember, um, you have to remember or consider the source. You're asking someone who doesn't necessarily interact with people that look like you on a regular basis, especially a diverse set of people that look like you on a regular basis to understand cultural norms that you have. And it's, it's, it's not going to happen until we can break down the barriers to have real conversations. So professional courtesy, AJ, is something that I think there are layers to that. I mean, I mean, I won't even say layers. There are levels to that. I think the fact that we're in the same room should warrant a certain level of respect. But the question still remains from a lot of people. How did he get in the same room? <laughs> that I'm in. And, I, and I'll, I'll be honest, I tell people all the time, um, and not not publicly, but in private, when I'm having conversations with my constituents, and it's it's like a running joke. They, they know I'm serious, but it's a joke at the same time. If you had a four, if I had a 400 year head start, you wouldn't catch me. Yeah. And so my, my deal with, to them is I want you to understand how good I've had to be up until this point just to have the same opportunity that you have. And that's no knock on you because I'm sure you've done a lot of the right things, but the fact of the matter is let's just be candid about it. I've had to do more of them. And that is a fact. And when it comes to professional courtesy, I think empathy should be a part of that. And it's not a favor. It is simply being able to put yourself in the other person's position. When asked on average by, by, by uh, I can't remember the, uh, the study, but when asked by a, um, a university study to Caucasian Americans, is there any time period in the United States that you would trade places with African-American people? Overwhelming response was no, not one single time period. So if you don't think that people understand at some level that there are systematic or systemic things that are happening or occurring to the black or African-American community, you're sadly mistaken because you would not make that election nine times, eight times, seven times out of 10. If you didn't have a baseline understanding that there might be some disadvantages that come with that. 
I've never heard a person who wasn't completely misinformed who was spouting that type of uh, stuff. All the black folks have it good, man. You you know, if you ask them anything statistical and they're completely misinformed about any of that, and then you'll be like, oh, okay, well, I can see why you say that. But for those of us who walk in reality, there is absolutely nobody who's going to make that change voluntarily because they know Right. And so when you talk about something like professional courtesy, I think courtesy is one of those things that uh, um, you, you extend to one another. Right. And I think it comes from a certain place of understanding of what the other person wants, expects and what their needs are. Right. And also what your own needs are. It's about a, it's about an exchange. And so your whole deal is to be setting things up so that when you extend courtesy, what's the expectation? Ah, it's just like sowing and reaping, right? You expect courtesy extended to you. And so even though there may be those of us who are colleagues that have different um, advantages in the workplace, there are also things that um, present difficulties for us no matter where we're, where we're coming from. We all have things we're good at and we all have things that we're not as good at. And so the great thing about having the right network and extending courtesy to the right people is that you, because of the network, now can have access to people with the skill sets to help you in your weak spots. And you have the skill sets and the attributes to help them in their weak spots. And you can do things for one another. And then everybody can get further ahead, right? If you're doing it right. And so when we start talking about karma and energy and all the rest of that things, if, you, if you're doing things in a way that is both well-intentioned and decent directionally, man, you can, you can have a whole lot of positivity going on because you recognize, all right, let me let me go the extra mile in a way that I might not have gone in order to deepen the relationship that I have with this individual. Right. It's all about favors and reciprocity. It really is. I mean, DJ, you said earlier, these aren't real friends. You're correct. <laughs> right. Because real friends, we don't count back and forth. I have absolutely no idea how many drinks, meals, uh, things like that we've bought for one another in, right. in general. You know what I mean? I, right. I don't know. I, I'm not counting like that. We, you know, real friends don't do that. Yeah, right? I got you last time, man. Right. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> It's a little easier for us too in certain ways when we, you know, when we're going out. Uh, but the the fact is, when you are in business relationships, it's, it's transactional to a certain degree. And so you have to think about what it is that you're putting out there so that what it is that you get back can be uh can be what it is that you're hoping for, right? And that's what that's what farming is about. That's what reaping, when sowing and reaping is about, planting the right seed, recognizing the soil conditions, recognizing the weather conditions, the uh, how much hydration is going in the area. Y'all Tuskegee cats know all about this. I, don't, I, <laughs> I, I believe that they give y'all all something to grow. I don't care what nobody says. Y'all all got to be able to grow something if necessary up there, right? And so y'all, you recognize though the importance of the conditions 
to cultivate. And the nice thing about the, the corporate world, and especially as things are now in terms of technology allowing us to integrate and, and move around and work with people no matter where they are in the world, is if the soil conditions and the opportunities are not right at the place that you're currently working or with the individuals you're currently working with, well, you can change all that, right? But you have to recognize this going to no matter where you go, be this relationship where you have to put out certain things to get something back. And a lot of times you need to be really guarded, I think, about who you're giving all of your energy and effort to and what's likely to come back to you afterwards, right? Because you've seen, and I think we all know people who have worked their entire lives or worked and, and given up a whole lot for companies who don't care very much about them or care for them in any way. And I think that's why you see among uh, millennials and among uh, Gen, Z, Gen Z folks, this sort of, no, I have no sense of dedication to uh, the company, unless you are dedicated to the ideals that I'm that I am expressing and what I'm trying to do, but I am trying to make sure that my family is okay, the people I care about are okay, and you know I'm making sure that I set up my own retirement plans uh, separate from whatever it is that you have going here, because at the end of the day, I don't know how much I can attach myself to you. So, you know, right. companies have that, I think, is the added challenge. If you want people to stick around and be with you for the long haul, it's a different world than what it used to be. You so people, good. You grow good. Yeah, man. Now, y'all have done a y'all have done a, a immaculate job of, you know, making it all cute and stuff like that. But now I'm going to hit y'all with the real. OK, <laughs> because that's what that's what that's what my job is. Y'all are all professional. And if y'all could have on a suit and tie right now, y'all would be talking, you know, like y'all on the stage, like y'all normally do, giving speeches to the hundreds and hundreds of uh of fans. No, but so. You sow good, you grow good. It works on both sides. Employees go to work with the intentions of sowing good into the company and the company will grow good and give them back things. And the company should also sow good into the employees and hopefully they will get productivity and grow good with their employees and have long-term loyalty from people where people work till they damn near die on the job. And you can say they were a great employee and then replace them the next day. So when does professional courtesy, that back and forth of I got you, you got me. And when does that one side of professional courtesy turn over to the fact you say, you know what? The professional courtesy stops now and I will let professional karma take over. Mm. Yeah, I'll speak to that. I'll speak to that for you right now. I mean, listen, there's a couple of things that are out there. And you, you talked about this uh, in terms of me and Doc uh, being tied up a little bit from the corporate perspective. But I mean, even even the 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 most um, patient of professionals get pissed off. They do. And they have a breaking point. And I think what what companies tend to do bad companies. So let me let me just say this. People don't leave bad companies. They leave bad people. So the company can be really bad. If you have a great manager, your experience and the culture that you have is about your direct management and supervision. What is the environment and culture that that individual or department or or, or division creates? So that's one thing. Companies are not typically not bad holistically, maybe from a profitability standpoint. But if you have a good manager, a good leader, most people will hang around for that. They'll, they'll hang in there with you. 
So the professional courtesy turns into professional karma when you have a person who is typically a micromanager. Um, that person takes advantage. Um, there are no boundaries. And I, I think what ultimately has to happen is it's a checkmate. And you wait to see what that person's move is going to be. So I'm a big believer in this. Um, I believe you should fire your manager as soon as possible. And you should ask your manager to promote themselves to being your leader. I don't want you to manage me. I can manage myself. Will you lead me? Are you capable of leading me? Now, again, personal accountability. I have to be able to manage myself to make that request, right? And so if I'm a high performer, I don't need you act. I don't need you telling me what to do every day. I know what I need to do because my objective should be aligned with yours. But now we're going to have to have a professional courtesy slash extending this karma to you conversation when you try to micromanage me or you decide that I'm a threat to your success and that I cannot ascend beyond where you are. The karma has to kick in. So the things that I may do to cover the spread, so to speak, those after hours things, those extracurricular things. Employees hold a lot of power and they don't realize that people try to get the, the notion of the individual contributor, put a bunch of individual contributors together, tell them to walk out one day and see what happens. You are the executors of plans. You're not an individual contributor. You are an executor of a plan. Management is putting a plan together but they should be putting that plan together with you in mind. If you haven't been properly thought of, it's fine to let that karma exist. And I think a lot of companies have seen that throughout this pandemic, but I think even more are going to see it post pandemic when hiring waves come back, the companies that have equipped themselves to better address the needs of the employee are going to be uber successful, whether that's a small business or large they're going to be responsive to the needs of that individual to continue to work remotely, to continue to have flexibility, not because they were forced to, but because they had the foresight to forecast this into part of their plan going forward. I couldn't imagine being a, a college student graduating, and I've been forced for a past year and a half to two years to do remote learning, and then you tell me that if I don't walk into a physical office space, that I'm no good to you. If you don't have a flexibility uh, strategy, a hybrid model, or some type of work from home strategy, you're not even going to compete um, with the students or the employees of the future going forward. I mean, many of my colleagues who are, are 10, 12 years, 15 years my senior, they've gotten a breath of fresh air. They're in the best shape of their life. Their wives are no longer going to strangle them because they're always away. They can contribute to the household. There's so many things you can do with this flexibility. So I don't even think we begin to see the tip of the iceberg, AJ, or the professional karma that's coming the way of corporate America because for so long, it's been an inverted yield curve that's been heavily weighted towards management and the company. It's been padded. It's like like Doc said earlier offline. It's been padded by pizza parties. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it's been padded by pizza parties. So long are the days of pizza parties, corporate. Okay, right, right. Go back. Hey, look. Go back to the Jason's Deli sandwich. You don't look. That was <laughs> that was the next step up. But the pizzas. 
Y'all can cut that communal feeding. Give me my own meal, baby. Listen. Oh, God, man. <laughs> uh, I, I think the funny thing is, I, and we're talking around it, it, it really is about fundamental respect, man. I think uh, respecting the other, uh, the other party as a uh, professional, you know, respecting everybody as a member uh, who brings something to the table. And I think a lot of times what happens is people get so swept up and this happens with a lot of, with a lot of new managers, right? They have to, Oh, well, if I'm coming in, I need to show dominance. Okay. Now let me tell you, that may have been the type of thing that would made would made you successful in the older corporate environment when everybody was sitting in cubicles facing the same way. But that dominance thing that you're trying to, you're going to put everybody, whether they're round, square, or triangle, you're going to put them in a the square peg hole. Good luck with that, buddy. You're going to be managing nobody but yourself. Okay. Like they say when the when the chickens come home to roost, but this ain't no pecking order. No, man, they come they come home heavy because I've had many conversations with people talking about well, where do they go? All these millennials and Gen Z, they'll quit a job and not care. They don't. You saddled them with so much student loan debt, so little ability to acquire homes and things that typically uh, bring the type of pressure that make you stick with the job that they have said forget it nah. so you can but, but not they, but they real quick lean doc, and mean man but real quick doc <laughs> not even not even that because uh you know i don't i don't i don't really consider myself like a full millennial i'm on that uh-huh. that that cusp that of the exiting. beginning yeah i'm at the i'm at the beginning cusp of it so <clears throat> yeah. but i do understand you know where you know true millennials are are come from where it's like you know, we don't, you know, I don't need to, I don't need a house. You know, I don't need, I don't need the traditional, you know, American dream that everybody has been taught and, and indoctrinated with, which would cause you, like you said, to stick at a job for 30, 40 years because pensions have long gone out the window. Right. No jobs have pensions unless you're working in an older industry, uh, you railroad, uh, you know, civil service and things of that nature. And a lot of that is even going away and flipping over to newer methods because they, they're not sustainable because people are living longer. And, you know, they usually, oh, you're going to die at 60. You retired at 50. We only got to pay you for 10 years. Now you retiring at 40 and you live until 70, 80. We ain't had it in the budget. Um, but with, 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 with all of that, I think one of the biggest things is people have understood that there is no, there, you can't be loyal to something that's not loyal to you. Exactly. And like you said, where the, there's the reciprocation of respect, where it's, we can, you can clearly see most employees can clearly see that the company has no loyalty. So why thereby should I be loyal to that same company? We watch this. We, I love football and I watch every year as people talk about folks holding out. Oh, well, why? They're making millions of dollars, right? And, they, and he's holding out and blah, blah, blah. You agreed to this salary. And then we see that towards the tail end of those contracts, the same NFL and NBA uh, companies that have agreed to these contracts either trade them or release them or whatever they do that's in their best interest. And the fans, because they root for the team, they're thinking about, you know, 
loyalty to the team. But the first team among those athletes is them, their families, and the folks who have taken them to all those doggone AAU games and and um and and fed their big six foot seven behind and put shoes, size 17 shoes on them big old feet of theirs, right? They recognize that those are the people who they need to be loyal to. So when they're holding out, they're not holding out against your team. They're holding out for their team, right? And so you need to recognize that when you're talking about business in general nowadays, folks are not experiencing the type of commitment from companies that our parents and grandparents did. And so they're not going to give the same type of commitment to companies that our parents and grandparents did. It's just when you start talking about matching energies and karma and all that, that's precisely how it's going to go. And so if you want a lifetime commitment, if you want if you want your employees married to you, then you have to be married to them. You have to give them the opportunities to develop and grow within your environment. You need to be able to be responsive to the needs that they have in that environment. You need to see to the uh, the, to the, the growth of their families in that environment or else they will see to those things themselves outside of the environment. That's just how it's going to go. Other side, if you don't see to your own abilities and development of human capital, Going forward, you will be like the receiver who who came out of college and was fast and catching balls and started getting slow, started making money, started eating, you know, and hey, enjoy. But guess what? You lose that step. You become less competitive in that cutthroat world. You become expendable. It's just what is what's going on now. Right. These these relationships are far more transactional now than ever. Now, if you recognize that and you operate accordingly, you can use that to your benefit. But if you start thinking it's one way and it's the other, you're going to have a tough time. You know, that's just how it works. Exactly. You need to be. I, I got to be prepared. I got to be. What was that movie with uh with, with De Niro and uh was a heat when they say I got to be I got to be prepared to walk away in 60 seconds. <laughs> Anytime, you know, I, I, that's the way I look at it. If you know, if this, if if at any point it becomes negative on my, on myself, my family to to work with the the university, to work with any of the people who I'm doing consulting for, any of that, I need to have myself financially in a position. I need to have myself in a position in terms of my skill set that I can reach out to the market and pull in something that will work out better for me. But I'm not about to sit there and mess. I'm not, you know, I'm not sitting in a dirty diaper. That's not how I do my life, man. I can't, I can't do it. You know, our toddlers, you know, they, they still oh, yeah. get crap and they just used to it. Not yeah. me, man. I'm, I'm getting it off. I leave the diaper on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, I, it, it, and with, with with everything, a lot of you know, often with with the topics, you know, we talking so good, grow good, professional yeah. courtesy and professional karma, um, but that it's it's always a balance, a yin and a yang. But in this case, it's 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 kind of it's kind of uh, three sided because the company has to so good and hope that you know it grows good with employees and productivity and things. The employee has to so good and grow good and hope that you know that you do so good into the company and it grows good. Um, 
but then also the outward aspect, the external aspect of what the company and the employees are presenting to the consumer of whatever the product is. You know, as an employee that's representing this company, you got to sow good into your customers to grow them. You know, the customer who's loyal, do you 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 offer them discounts, uh, you know, treating them with respect, but then also that customer has to sow good and grow good with that company. You can't come in with an attitude and treat employees like crap because you're mad at the company. And that's what I think everybody has to separate these different entities, especially companies, because companies are faceless. I had this conversation with my with my with my dad the other day, um, where it's just like, you know, you can get loyalty from people and you can and 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 you can get a good a good level of, of of loyalty from a lot of people and a lot of employees but the one thing one of the main things you can't do is you can't take advantage of them mm-hmm. and and if you if you want that loyalty you have to instill you have to do that same loyalty to them pay them good treat them well but it 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 has to be an all encompassing uh, you know a, a mutual thing everybody has to agree upon we're going to do this together, but it has to be genuine. And we talked about it before, just like, you know, authenticity and, 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 and being genuine with, with the concepts, but just sewing, just sewing good. I'm, I'm going to make my point in a minute. Once I, once I gather it back in my head, but you, like, <laughs> but just, you know, just sewing good. You can't automatically, you can't, you can't expect that. But then as, so here's the scenario, Mr. Customer comes in, Mr. Customer's pissed at the company. The company is not a person. The company, you know, we use the word entity, but I don't like that because entity is a tangible thing. A company ain't tangible. So you can't come in and curse the employees out. You're not sowing good into that. So you can't expect good back. But then I, as the employee, you hit me with that energy. I'm going to reciprocate that energy. But now my company doesn't have my back. I know it's against the rules and the employee handbook and whatnot. Customers always right. Bullshit. You can't allow, as a company, you can't allow your, you can't allow, and this, you know, I speak this from coming from a retail, you know, a retail management background. I never allow disrespect on anybody's part. As long as I was on duty, you, whenever, whenever I'm on shift, ain't nobody, you're not going to disrespect the customer and the customer not going to come in here and disrespect you. And I'm not going to disrespect either one of y'all. It's going to be a triangle of mutual respect. There you go. Now, if you got a problem with the product, cool. We can talk about it because this is mass produced stuff. Right. Nothing. So it's bound to be some crap in the munch. It's yeah. bound to be some bad apples. But what you won't do is you won't take out your frustrations on myself, my employees, any of this property or any of this. But yeah. we'll get we'll get a basic understanding now. And that's the sewing good part, because those are the times, the interactions where you can take a, a pissed off detractor, as we call them. Y'all know detractors. You can take a pissed off detractor and turn them into a loyal customer, but you got to so good. But there has to be that come to Jesus meeting. That's where that professional karma and that professional courtesy got to say, hold on, hold on, hold on, because I'm being nice to you and you still not being nice to me back. So let's take it down. Let's take it down a notch and let me meet you where you almost at. But I'm going to still keep it at a certain level. And we'll, yeah. we'll see. We'll see how it goes there. And that's, you know, that's just the the overall larger view of the sewing good and growing good because it really has to be an arena where everybody walks in agrees to those terms just like when you buy a ticket to an arena they on the back of the ticket and in the fine print it says we're not responsible for nothing that happens to you when you come in here 
But these are the rules when you come in here. You go to a basketball game, football game, no fighting, no no disrespectful language. It says all of that stuff on boards, and, and they mm-hmm. make the announcements over the PA system before all major sporting events. It's on the tickets. It's on, online. It's all in the fine print, the terms, conditions. Nobody ever reads it. But when you buy that ticket and you go in there, you, you are going – based on the fact that you agreed to those terms. Everybody that works there went there knowing that these were the terms that we would work under. The management system, the leadership structure goes there and manages and leads under the guise that these are the rules that everybody here, including myself, are going to go by. And once somebody violates that, now professional karma got to come in. Yeah, you can't, you cannot be a disrespectful agent Really, in any of these, in any of these plugs where you in, in, plug in points where you engage and think that you're going to get a positive outcome in this day and age. And I think that's new for some people because um, there's a lot of abuse out there. People come from places where they have abusive homes, where they've been talked to disrespectfully. They've come from maybe educational systems where um teachers and administrators may have interacted with them disrespectfully or had to, you know, go through, uh, you know, some folks churches even. And, and uh, you see so many cases of folks being um, so blatantly disrespectful to one another that you think, man, maybe, maybe they just don't know, but it doesn't matter whether they know or not, because at the end of the day, you get to decide what it is that you will endure. You get to decide how you're going to live your life. And I think if there's one thing that distinguishes these newer generations from the generations of the past is that they are not willing to endure abuse in the way that other folks were. You know, it's it, it, you ain't you ain't going to come in, you know, swinging the wood pledge and folk the way that you thought you could. That's not how the work for, workforce works these days. That's just not what folks are doing. And so there are a lot of people who I think need to really sort of take a step back and think about things. You know, they say, what is all I needed to all I ever needed to learn? I ever, all I ever needed to know, I learned in kindergarten in terms of being pleasant with people, being able to respect people, being able to share properly, being able to draw boundaries in the ways that make sense, like all of these general uh, uh, this is just how you live things are really, even though you get all these intricate um, things that we sort of design around them uh, in terms of the way your work world operates, at the end of the day, it really is about people over things, right? It's, it's more about Boom! people than it is about There it goes, shots! Right? And so when you, when you are treating the people the right way, then you're far, far more likely to get back what it is that you want. And at the end of the day, if you're like, man, it seemed like a lot of rules. There you go. Take that one that, you know, treat the people right. And if you do that nine times out of 10, you're going to be okay. And that 10 time out of that 10 time out of 10, you'll still be okay. Cause you have those other nine folks that can look at you and say that 10th person is wrong. I know how you operate. You don't operate like this. See, that's the thing. Once you start to establish a positive reputation for yourself, when you have one person acting like a fool with you, everybody is like, what? You came out of the pocket like that with 
pedestrian? And, and so, uh, you know, if pedestrian happened to smack you, everybody's going to be like, what? They're not going to be like, pedestrian smack somebody. They're going to be like, you made pedestrian smack you? <laughs> and and, and the, the, I think the importance of that is um, when you talk about branding and image, I think sometimes people get those things confused, right? Mm. When when I think about these things, I often tell people, like, listen, your image is not your brand. And I think people see it as one and the same. The image is simply what they see. The brand is what they experience. And so based on your experience with me over a long period of time, if I got out of pocket with someone, you would say, well, wait a minute, to your to the exact point that you're making. Now, when I walk in a room, I might look like the exact guy that we get out of pocket, and that might be my end. Kimbo Slice. <laughs> right. But my <laughs> brand is what people have experienced with mm-hmm. me. And at this point, I have 15 plus years of a corporate brand. So if you haven't experienced this with me and this person just coming from nowhere, hopefully I've earned the benefit of the doubt, right? But I think we need to apply this also to our personal lives with the people that we like, love, and care about. That professional karma becomes personal karma and you got to so good to get good back as well. Dr. Loving talked earlier about the soil being different. And I think that speaks to all of the imbalances that we have to balance, that we have to figure out how to find balance for as people of color, not only in the workplace, but also in our communities. Because quite frankly, when I come back into my community and I'm asked to do some things, the first time I show up somewhere, maybe I show up in my suit because I just left work. And when I show up, people may say, oh, who, who is this guy? This, this guy can't relate to me or so on and so forth. They don't have a relationship. There is no there's no seeds that have been sown, as AJ would say. So now I have to sow them. So I planted those seeds day one. But I don't look like you. I don't feel like you. you you're still trying to figure out who I am. So when I come back, I make it a I make it a conscious effort to come back the exact way that I would go and do anything else, go to the grocery store or whatever. I'm in my my Nike. Dr. Loving knows this. I'm in my Nike track suit. Um, I'm in a I'm in a I'm in a hoodie that says rapper, athlete, entrepreneur, whatever the case is, but I'm just me. So <laughs> it takes away whatever perceived notions or titles. And then we sit down and we have a conversation. You find out we're a lot more alike than we are different. Now AJ, AJ talks about this as the human element. He talked about this to me, based on a conversation he had, I think it was like a 70-year-old white gentleman he was at a bar with. I know, look, look, I'm a paraphrase the whole thing. DJ, I'm catching a little bit of your uh, your other conference call in the background. Okay. Um, but, you know, that's just, that just attests to the, to, you know, to the to the hard working and the work ethic that we all have. This man is recording while also simultaneously probably hosting a, a, a conference, a virtual conference, <laughs> and also probably watching Dallas on the on the on the on the nanny cam the and then also man. uh in the waiting room waiting for another virtual conference to start so he can introduce the keynote speaker. Uh, which is probably Dr. Lovin. So yeah, ain't no telling what we got going on here. <laughs> but, but, um, but yeah, I, the human experience, the human element was something that I, that, that came to me because I had a conversation one night. It was at a bar. 
you know, we we were having drinks, and it was just, you know, it was just. But th- this bar that is is a bar that I that I, that I frequent. Um, it, I I call it my uh, Shannon calls it my cheers. Like I go in, people know my name, they're like, hey AJ, and you know everybody. But everybody that comes in, that's a, a regular. When you walk in, everybody's like, oh, hey, what up, Mike? Hey, Reggie, you know, and you know, it's just a, it's a very, a, a place that's, that's just steeped in camaraderie. Um, but I was sitting there having, having a conversation one night with an older white guy, seven years old. I know he voted for Trump. I know it in my heart, <laughs> but you know, but we didn't talk politics. We didn't talk, Man. we didn't talk about anything that would really bring you to an impasse of, you know, but and that's you know that's often why companies tell you in the in the employee handbook don't talk about religion, don't talk about politics, and don't talk about money. Don't talk about these things at work because those are very divisive uh, topics for 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 most people. Unless you are unless you are a person who knows how to have conversation mm-hmm. and knows how to have dialogue, you can't talk about divisive subjects where it's like, hey, you got to pick a side, and if you ain't on my side, eh. We might have an issue or we're going to have misunderstandings or I'm just not going to be with it. You know, are you Muslim or Christian? Are you Democrat or Republican? And, you know, now and then all of that begins to spill over into other things is, you know, are you black or you white and everything else that we got going on? Because everything is a divisive thing. Do you watch Fox News or you watch CNN? You know, do you, you know, everything is pick a side. But we but we had a conversation. We sat and talked for hours. I bought him drinks. He bought me drinks. And we talked, I think we, I, I forgot what we talked about. We talked about sports, life, yeah. but we talked about very general and broad subjects, but we related to each other on a level that we were humans. Ultimately, at the end of the night and the next day when I kept thinking about it, I just felt good because I was like, I had a conversation with a man that I had, I've never met in my life. That was my first time ever meeting him. I knew nothing about him. And I, that's what it was. He asked me, we, we, I was like, I'm, you know, I told him, I, this was a couple of years ago. So I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm 31. And he was like, he was like, yeah, I got a son about your age. And he, I can tell you got it together. And you, that's how the conversation started. Cause he was like, his son wasn't shit, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but we, then it, you know, it, it evolved into just this broad conversation about life and making decisions and all of that stuff. But it was, it was a human experience. Yeah. We didn't meet. He and I didn't come in with preconceived notions of each other. He didn't. The conversation never from him never came from an aspect of this is an older white man trying to talk to a young black boy. And, you know, he never called me boy or nothing like that. You know, it was it was. Yeah, it it was. It was that. We sold good from the beginning. Yep. From the beginning, there was nothing preconceived about either one of us. I didn't I, I didn't assume that he was a racist. He didn't assume that I was just some young black punk or whatever, but we had conversation on the human experience. Go ahead, DJ. But I was just paraphrasing what happened. But go ahead. You muted. I can't. You muted. You muted. <laughs> the quote of twenty twenty and twenty twenty one. There you go. No, I ain't muted. There you go. Go ahead. Okay. What I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah, man, that is a quote. <laughs> um, what I was gonna say to you is. But that goes back to the Either soul. that or put yourself on mute. Right. <laughs> My that, goes, that goes back to this cool, man. That goes back to what you were talking about, about the soil, though. Like you both were came from good soil, cut from good timber, so to speak, because good people are not um, restricted to your race or ethnicity or, or gender. It, it's, it's not. But what we need to do a better job of is that karma piece. 
you you let people that deserve to get what they need to get, regardless of that. And if everyone would adopt that, we'd be in a better space because then you wouldn't have qualified immunity. But I won't talk about that because you would simply say, hey, if you, you make the same mistake that someone else makes, then you know what? You got to go and you got to pay for that the same way someone else would pay for it. And those are just that's just one example. Another example is this. The things that I have to consider and think about before I present myself in the workplace or anywhere are so much more dire than that of my counterparts. I don't ask for, I don't ask for any pity or privilege for that. I understand that I accept that concept, what have you. I think it would go a long way to acknowledge the double standards that do exist just so that people can have a, a peace of mind mentally and emotionally, because a lot of times you take a person who is not as strong as some of the listeners are, or maybe as strong as you, AJ, or Dr. Loving. Let's say I'm battling just a little bit with my mental health, and I'm made to feel crazy, or, um, no, you're making that up. No, it's not really like that. That person could really wrestle with that thing, and it could take them over the edge because what they're experiencing is very real to them. It's very real to a lot of people. And just because it hasn't been your experience doesn't mean you get to discount someone else's. So again, it goes back to the whole idea of operating out of good faith and putting what Dr. Loving said, people over things. I think if we base things more on good faith, I'm going to operate and move and communicate with you in good faith with the goal of being cooperative. We would get a lot further. And I am only going to pose an opposition to that which causes me hurt, harm, or danger, we'd be in a drastically different place, both professionally and personally, because to me, they show up one and the same. You're not a drastically different person at work than you are at home. You're packing whoever you are with you. You can't help it. It's who you are. It's in your ecosystem. It's in the very fabric of how you speak to people, how you treat people. What's in you, as my grandmother would say, what's in you is going to come out. Hey, man, when you're doing it right, when you're doing it right, there's no winner or loser in a conversation, right? There's no winner or loser in a conversation. So many times, rather than conversing with somebody, rather than learning about them, rather than expressing ourselves to them and, and having an exchange, what we are looking for is a battle. What we are looking for is to prove our dominance, sometimes to prove that we are correct and to make the other person feel wrong. Trying to make another person feel wrong most of the time is going to end with both of you feeling worse. That right there, if you can get that, that like okay, if if that's going to be my motivation to try to make them feel wrong, right? Guess what? I'm prob they're probably not gonna feel better at the end of this, and neither am I. Neither am I, right? Yeah, you know. And so you can talk to a person, and you can correct an individual while still respecting an individual. But so many times, people want to win an argument by breaking a person down. 
And when you break a person down, I'm not going to talk about any individuals because there's a whole bunch of them now who are in this place of, you know, building my name up by having folks call in and then breaking them down. And then other folks laugh and they watch. And it's, you know, and, and it seems like it's new, but it's the same thing that Jerry Springer sort of did. He made, you know, he did it for years and years. He didn't break it down. He allowed, he allowed the, the format to break. What's your, it down. What, 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 what word? What word? Your, uh, your, your guy use uh, Doctor Smith? Salacious. <laughs> we all about look sex. Sex salaciousness is just an extension of sex, and what we always learn: sex sells. Yeah, man. And there's so, only there's only three things three things in this world, and plenty of people before, but everybody remember Wayne's. It was Money and yeah, yeah drugs. Yeah. We'll call it yeah. Sex, money, and drugs. Those are the three yeah, things. That... I love that my, blanket my Jeffrey point. got on that chair. That's a, that is a, that's <laughs> hand knitted. <laughs> my, my whole point is that at the end of the day, if you are if if you can be uh, if you can be genuine your in your intentions to um, to put good out right. Getting back to karma right and. Um, then you're you're far more likely to receive good, and so even when you encounter somebody who you you know, man, we probably have a lot of differences. As as AJ said, I know that dude voted for Trump. As soon as you saw him, right? You didn't leave with that. You didn't talk about that, right? He talked about his son. Y'all ended up talking about probably the the drinks you like, about the sports teams you like. You can have differences on that level and and joke about them in a jovial way. But the funny thing is, the more and more you interact with one another on that level, the more you start to see the humanity in the individual. And the cool thing about that is that is what prepares you to to actually have a better and deeper conversation about those controversial things. Like, right. Now that conversation might not even be with you, AJ. He might have that conversation with somebody else later, but in his mind, he's like, I talked to a young black dude who looked like somebody we would have all of the bad things to say about. And I had a completely different experience and that experience that he had that, person to person experience that's you'll never forget it even if you do sort of forget the words that y'all spoke you'll never he'll never forget the way you made him feel right and that's not so much you intentionally trying to make him feel the way you just decided that i'm going to respect him on on a fundamental level we're not going to lead with differences i'm going to talk about things that that we can converse on and you build and y'all grow and you see that's that's how you that's how you get something going you see when you start talking about uh, about sowing the reap later it ain't about complaining about oh, look it sticks out here and there's weeds out here and there's dirt but there's sand in here you don't see farmers complaining about that you're like oh i have the nitrogen present oh i have the carbon present oh i have i have the elements necessary for growth, right? I'm not going to worry about the things that could impede growth. I have the elements necessary for growth I can cultivate here. Now, all of those other things we can be seen to later, but once you start to recognize the elements, lean on the elements and act accordingly and plan accordingly, oh, you can grow. Oh, you can grow some stuff then. You see, that's what it's about. You can't sit there and just, oh, well, you 
ain't nobody grown nothing by complaining. Hey, Ever. Look, man, he red, he itching. Come on, AJ. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Go on, go on, hey. go on No, tell you know, me, do man. you know this is this is this is the part that I like here. This is the part I like. This is the part I love. Cause Doc Doc got Doc getting riled Doc got riled up to that point you can tell. Cause once Doc say people over things the first time, he own it. He own it. And everybody's on it at this point. We all on this train and we've all come here knowing what the purpose is. So y'all know what I'm about to say. Tangible things, final thoughts. DJ, I'm coming to you first. So good, grow good. You got it. So for the first thing is I appreciate the conversation tonight because I I had no idea, you know, where you're going to go with this. But this has been good for me on a personal level, and I hope that it's helped someone else. I think we need to keep in mind on a go-forward basis that so many things in our lives are not about what we can put our hands on. It's a, it's an emotive feeling. It is what you can inspire or encourage someone else to do. It is, you know, painting that target or painting that picture for someone who may, you know, I use the word ignorant or unlearned. They may be ignorant to your culture, um, your people, and while your job is not to walk out of the house and be a lone representation for an entire group, oftentimes, in fact, you are. And so because you know that that responsibility may fall on you, that human to human exchange, that putting that good karma out, sowing that good seed, um, planting that tree today so that you can harvest it later. These things are important specifically for our community. I think we need to do it more with each other, but also in the broader the broader culture, because maybe that saves my life one day, the encounter that you had with the police. And that person is a little bit more disarmed than they normally would be because they don't usually deal with people like me. Maybe I go into the bank and my exchange at the bank creates an opportunity for you to have a little bit more uh, leeway as it relates to an uh, application and someone taking a chance on a small business because our small business has been successful. You know, maybe I go out into the community and I establish roots with someone or a local community activist leaders. And because of that, you know, bearded gentlemen that tend to get walked by are now more approachable. So there are a lot of things that we do that we're representatives of that we didn't sign up for. But the fact of the matter is, I have a responsibility as a black man first, right, to make sure that I'm doing and upholding myself to a standard that would create opportunities and respect for other black men. The, uh, the next thing, I wouldn't even say next, but I would say another thing is, I have a duty to my last name and my family above all to make sure that I'm not going out and I'm embarrassing my last name. I have a duty to create a legacy. I further feel like it's my duty to help others do the same professionally as well as personally. And I think with that duty in mind, I try to sow good seeds so that not only do I reap those, but my family and all those within my sphere of influence. Um, and the last thing on this is, is uh, I'll close with this, AJ. You can do good 
and someone else can interpret that for whatever way they want to. They can see your actions as insincere. They can see your actions as obsolete, maybe not enough, whatever. That is not your fight. Your job is to press forward and do the very best you can and give what it is you can give without causing hurt, harm, or danger to your family. And as long as you're doing that, you are doing your part. And so how, even if you think the impact is minimal, we can't stop because it's really about the sum of the parts, right? So if we all get up and do a little bit every day, that adds up to a lot. So it's one fist and many knuckles, as one of my mentors would say. So listen, people, keep sowing great seeds. I don't even say good seeds. Keep sowing great seeds. Keep doing great things. Be the change that you want to see. And when you can't see it, reach out to someone that loves and supports you to re-energize you and help you keep pressing forward because we need all the positivity that we can get. And please keep spreading that good karma because what you put out absolutely comes back. And I, I love it, man. You know, I, I think of, of, of reaping and, and sowing. Um, we don't all get to be famous and live in, uh, in live in eternity and have our uh, have our actions known forever. But sometimes it's weird. Who does right? So y'all think about y- y'all remember hearing about Johnny Appleseed as kids in school? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know it. So I'm like, oh, Johnny Appleseed was a real person named John Chapman. Let's look this up, right? Who introduced apple trees to large parts of Pennsylvania, Ontario, Ohio, Indiana, Illinois? He became an American legend while still alive due to his kind, generous ways, his leadership and conservation, and the symbolic importance he attributed to apples he was also a missionary for the new church and the inspiration for many museums and historical sites such as the johnny appleseed museum in urbana ohio the man has a museum okay the the fort wayne 10 caps a minor league baseball team in fort wayne indiana where chapman spent his final years is named in his honor let me tell you something. We all going to get up out of here at some point in life, right? We all will have made our contributions. And then, unfortunately, we will all will have done some harm, right? But if you can live your life trying to spread good seed, no matter what happens. And, and I can think about this. You Haters are not a new thing, okay? They had haters since the beginning of time. And I'm sure there were, our, were people who looked at somebody like Johnny Appleseed and said, what are you doing, old fool, out here planting trees and throwing apple seeds all over the place? And, you know, you're wasting time. And do you know who uh, you know who those people were? Yeah, me neither. I have no idea who they right. were. Exactly. I know I know who Johnny Appleseed is. I can look him up on Wikipedia. I don't know who his haters were. I'm sure they existed, but he wasn't focused on them. He was focused on spreading what he knew to be a good thing. 
right? And I think if we can be that way about the way in which we treat one another and the way in which we cultivate our talent, the way in which we treat the people, if we are entrusted as management and to uh, to uh, work with folks to, to, to oversee certain tasks, if we can treat people with love and kindness and respect and hope and pray that we are getting the same thing in return and we continue to be steadfast about we what we do we you never know how what type of history that you can make from doing the simplest right things okay and so i would encourage you to recognize that the idea of professional courtesy is not about them it's about how you behave nine times out of ten the other folks are, are going to return the the energy you put out. But if they don't, it's okay because the energy that you put out is about you. And the important part about that is the energy that you put out, regardless of the re reactions from those individuals at any point in time, that energy is going to be in an overwhelming way what it is that you get back. All right. So recognize that. Be that that person who plants positivity and who actually focuses on doing things the right way and most importantly treating people the right way and you will be you will be treated accordingly you will be remembered accordingly and you will be rewarded accordingly and as uh my family would say you'd be blessed accordingly won't you come no <laughs> but, but seriously thank you so much for listening to us. I feel like this, I feel like we are just given uh, an opportunity to plant those seeds in a positive way. Like one day people will be talking about, hey, this, you know, these brothers did this podcast where they were just, you know, trying to make the, the, the professional world and people's home lives a better place. And I get I got something from them and I grew because of it. And I, I tell you what, I don't need a whole lot more than that. I got I got a lot of what I need. But man, when I get something back in the form of people telling me that they learned something that made their life better, that made them decide to treat people better, that made them walk in a way that reflected that they respected themselves and respected the people around them. Hey man, what 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 more can you expect? What more can you ask for? I don't know. I can't that's think that, of, I can't think of anything. That's that that's that third L that DJ talked about is legacy. Yeah. And it's and Deshaun alluded to the fact that it's often the one that's kind of neglected because we talked about operating out of desperation. And when people operate out of desperation, they can't think too far in the future. And legacy is the future. Johnny Appleseed saw legacy. He's like, look, I'm planting these trees. It's going to make it better. It's providing plants that, you know, if they knew that it, plants was providing oxygen back then, and then it's apples. But somebody probably got greedy at one point, bought up the land where most of the apples was, and started selling them and opening the apple factory because capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> but Johnny Appleseed's name still lives on in a very positive light. Yeah, they couldn't taint it. Mm -hmm. But as always, I appreciate you, brothers, for just 
agreeing to be on this this journey with me where we do this 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 off the cuff thing that we do this 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 word rodeo that you know we all we all we all in the ring together and you know everybody wins i get something every single time i talk to you gentlemen and i hope that the people who listen get something from us every time they listen and to the people who you know who share and like and comment and say great episode and things, we see you and we appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Because truly, that's the only reason why we do it. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't do this for money. We do this. We don't do this for fame. We do this truly because it's honestly it's a passion of mine, and I can see and I can tell that it's become a passion of my brothers, and that makes me feel good that I've you know sown good and grown good. It happens. This is a living testament of it. And I say living testament because even when we are gone, as long as digital is a thing, it'll be there. And if not, come find my hard drive. I keep a copy (laughs) of everything, man. Because these conversations are just as much for you as they are for me. So with that being said, you sow good, you grow good. Like Destrian said, you sow great, you grow great. Professional courtesy and professional karma. Always remember and keep this thing in mind that division is division is what sells, but you don't have to lead with division. You can simply approach every encounter, every transaction, and give everyone a clean slate and move forward in the encounter just like that. Leading with respect, you can often overcome a lot of barriers and a lot of bullshit just by simply leading with respect. Now we know, don't nobody want to be a sucker. <laughs> so you don't want to you don't want to leave with respect, and they coming with it. Don't nobody want to be the first one to pull the trigger, or do they? So you can come in, and I'm being distracted by the princess <laughs> hollering in the background. She is throwing a fit. <laughs> but everybody wants to come in, and it's like, as a black man, I can come into an encounter ready to be defensive, but I don't have to be defensive. That's the case. That's the takeaway. You can come in prepared for anything that happens. That's the ability to be true in yourself is being able to be prepared for whatever happens. But you don't have to have your hand on your gun ready to shoot. Literally somebody, and figuratively. Somebody need to hear that. Literally right. and figuratively. I can fear for my life at all times because anything can happen, not just by the hands of man, but by the hands of whatever goes on. But the same way that I can't necessarily protect myself from unknown, I can have the same restraint and respect. It's a lot of R's. Hey. But that wasn't, that wasn't what I was talking about. That wasn't even my thought. Lead with finding your similarities versus finding your differences. Just because somebody does not look like you, speak like you, think like you, lead with your similarities. I like those shoes. Oh, I see you got on that. I like that. What do you like? And let's lead with that and let's build on that. Because we are going to have differences. Every single one of us got a different handprint. Fingerprints, they're all different. We like snowflakes. Ain't none of us the same. Even twins are different. So why would we lead with division and differences when we already know that we different by basic biology? So let's find our similarities, lead with those, build with those, sow with those, and grow with those. Like Doc said, 
Everybody got the dirt, but you got to till it. You ain't just going to go out in your plain ass dirt, dig a hole and stick a seed in it and think it's going to give you something fruitful. By the grace of God, it could. But if you till it, sow it good, grow it good, guess what? You got something plentiful coming out. And if you got an abundance, you can share that. You sow good, you grow good. And it will all be good. Do it for the better good. We love y'all and ain't nothing you can do about it. Thanks for listening to the Brethren Podcast. Follow us on all our social media at Brethren Pod. That's B-R-E-A-D-R-E-N-P-O-D. Like bread because we always about our bread and we always getting bread. And I mean that. Cheers to you, Brethren. Cheers.